Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me in just a second is my friend, the professional gambler known on Twitter as So Money Sports. Uh, and So Money, before we get into the show, our last regular season show of the year, a quick scheduling note um, for next week and until the schedule kind of shakes itself out, we will be recording three episodes a week. Uh, they will come out Monday. That episode will preview the playoff games on Monday and Tuesday. And then the next episode will come out Wednesday morning. That episode will preview the games on Wednesday and Thursday. And then one other episode will come out on Friday morning. And we'll look at the Friday and Saturday matchups and maybe try to touch on some Sunday matchups as well as with as much information as we have. And that will be for the first round of the playoffs. It'll likely be that schedule for the first two weeks of the playoffs. And then we will keep you updated. Obviously, we are at the whim of the NHL and how they space these games out. But for now, we will get into this, our final regular season episode. And as always, we will start with a big underdog, our favorite dog, our dog of the day. And before we get into it, I do want to highlight this note I uncovered using our BetLab software uh, over the last five non-pandemic seasons. So I'm excluding... Last season and the season prior, I'm including this one, plus 200 underdogs are 19 and 38. That's a 33% uh, win rate for a 10.3% return on investment. A $100 better would be a $589 in their final four games of the season. And I think what that shows and is going to be a running theme throughout this episode is that these big underdogs are trying, they're going to play hard in these last few games. They might not have played hard in the last or or given it the, the true college effort in their last couple you know games 65 through 78 uh, but they were going to be playing their last final their final home game of the season they weren't going to want to go into the offseason feeling good about themselves and they'll be playing teams that will be heading to the playoffs uh at big numbers like for example our favorite underdog the san jose sharks they're plus 275 taking on the edmonton oilers minus 350 the oilers have nothing to gain from these games so they will be rotating guys in and out. You might see Miko Koskin in play. Meanwhile, the Sharks, they're going to want to play spoiler. And like I said, go into the offseason feeling good about themselves. So just keep that in mind uh, for these last couple nights of the NHL season. 
And that is kind of the angle I'm looking at here for San Jose, a team that has been collecting some big results. They, you know, they beat the Knights the other night. Uh, and it's a team that I think is fancying themselves as a spoiler here. So plus 275 in a game where we might see Miko Koskinen in net for the, for the Oilers. And we could see them maybe sit and give a couple guys a breather as they look forward to their first round matchup with Los Angeles, which is already done and dusted. We know the Oilers will have home ice advantage. So San Jose for us. It feels a little bit strange looking at a game with the Oilers and looking at the at, at betting against them possibly for a change here. I agree with you. I think that um, everything you said, I, I, I think it's bang on. One thing I will add too is that with these big underdogs, I think that a lot of value gets generated by sitting on information. And it's very, it's very similar to the way that um, you would find edges in the preseason with, with sports that in, in the sense that it's all about lineups. So if you are monitoring even more so um, than than what we usually do in the in the regular season. But if you're sitting on the morning skate, the coaches' comments, the pregame warmups, um, that is where you're going to find the real edge here in the next couple of games. Teams, like you said, they're they're going to be rotating guys, they're going to be resting guys, and that's where you're going to really generate the true value. Um, in this game, um, it's very likely that we'll see Koskinen in here. Um, in the next couple of games for the Oilers, um, depending on how like the scoring races are going, um, it's very likely that they'll be sitting guys as well. So I think that um, that's going to be a recurring theme for me as I go through these games, but also um, that's what you should be looking at as the as the season winds down in, um, in pretty much every sport. Yeah, and I think we saw an interesting situation with the Rangers last night. They were playing the Hurricanes. Uh, Artemi Panarin and Andrew Kopp both picked up little knocks in the game and, and Jar Gallant said for them to go to the room and rest up. And uh, he said that if it was the playoff game or an important game, they would be uh, fine to continue, but just their every team's going to be overtly cautious. So you don't think uh, Jay Woodcroft and company are going to risk Connor McDavid in a game against the Sharks on April the 28th in a meaningless game. So like you said, it's, it's, it's very much a preseason game for, for the Oilers and not for the Sharks. So I like plus 275 on San Jose. I'll probably be going there and there'll be one of a few underdogs that uh, I'll be backing. Let's talk about another one as we get into the main part of the show. Uh, once again, we're previewing the games for Thursday, April 28th. The Buffalo Sabres are plus 260 in Boston. The Bruins are minus 330. The over-under here is six. Buffalo has been a dog, a live underdog in a lot of games. They turned over the Maple Leafs a couple of times. Uh, they beat some other, you know, t- the Penguins and, and teams like that at big numbers as well. So uh, once again, it's just, this is a game where you could see the Bruins, a team that can't afford to lose top players. We, we see them anytime David Pasternak, Brad Marchand, or Patrice Bergeron, Charlie McAvoy come out of the lineup. The team is altered uh, big time. And I just don't think, even though that they, they're going to want to pick up the point to just cement themselves into that spots to avoid being in the Atlantic bracket. Uh, if, if anyone is, is feeling remotely close to under the weather, we could see the Bruins rest guys. So I don't think a bet on Buffalo here is a terrible idea. We touched on this the last episode. The Bruins do have a chance to catch Tampa, but of course, if uh, if we were them, we would stay exactly where we are to stay out of the Atlantic Division and um, and get into the Metropolitan Bracket. Uh, the goaltending matchup here will be Allmark against Tokarski, which does make it a little tough for me to back the Sabres, um, but they they have been playing well. And of course, we'll need to assess the Bruins' rest situation. 
although if I were the Bruins, I would actually dress a proper lineup against the Sabres and sit everyone against the Leafs the next night. So um, it depends what Cassidy has in mind. So this is another game where um, we'll find out um, during the morning skate and, and Cassidy's comments shortly afterwards. So you'll want to be ready for this one. Uh, a similar setup here with the Devils. They're plus 265 against Carolina. Minus 340. The over-under here is six and a half. I'm interested to see who Rod Brendamore starts in goal in this game yeah. um, because I think there's a camp out there that think he might give, even if Antti Ranta is healthy, uh, he, he was healthy enough to back up Peter uh, Kochekov against the Rangers on Tuesday night. But if he, if, if Kochekov's in good form going into game one, I mean, there's, there is a chance that the, the Hurricanes are weird. I, I mean, I could just see it, him rolling with them. But I think what the point I'm trying to make here, and I'm not doing a great job, is, is he wants – I think he wants to see what kind of goalie he's got, right? Kochakov had a good run in the AHL. He's He's got a good pedigree. He's another one of these young Russian goalies, high draft pick uh, in terms of a goaltender, your second-round pick a couple of years ago. Um, so this would be a spot where I would think he would go to uh, uh, Kochakov. However, uh, at the same time, Ranta, he needs to give some – some minutes to as well as he's recovering from an injury. So um, an interesting spot in a game that means absolutely nothing to Carolina. They won the metropolitan division. They're almost certain to be playing the Bruins in round one. So um, it's, it's a weird one. And, and, and all that stuff kind of makes me think, you know, New Jersey uh, in what will be one of their final games this season could be live at a, at a big number. Yeah. I, I can see the devil's side here in terms of the Kings goaltending. I think that, we're basically going to know who they're going to go with in game one with uh, based on who they start against the Devils. The guy that sits against the Devils is going to be the guy that's going to be starting game one. Um, I do think that the Canes, um, they'll probably be resting um, as, as they should. Um, the only thing that does concern me about the Devils is that this is going to be their first leg of a back-to-back. So they're actually ending their season at home to the wings the next night. So what you usually do see in these kind of situations is that um, with these teams that are out of it, you have the more, I guess, I hate to use the word effort with professional sports, but um, you have more of that in your final home game than you do in the game before that. So again, it's going to depend on who the Canes are going to be resting for for that game. But I would, I would say it's uh, devils or nothing here for me. Uh, similarly, this is a common theme here. The Lightning, they're on the road, though. This is minus 275 on Tampa. They're taking on the Blue Jackets, at, who are plus 220 at home. The over-under here is six and a half. So this, the Lightning are interesting because they're on a roll. Like, I, I would think, sure, do, do you want to risk Nikita Kucherov picking up another injury in, in a meaningless game against Columbus? And I, I should add the caveat. It's not entirely meaningless, Um because Boston can catch them. Uh, but at the same time, that it would almost behoove Tampa to be caught by Boston uh, and then drop into the Metro division. So what is a, a weird game? Let's call it, it's not meaningless, but a weird game for Tampa. However, they're just in such good form that I don't think Cooper is going to want to uh, finagle too much with this lineup and when he can just give guys the breather the next night uh, when they take on the Islanders at UBS Arena. So for this one, I actually don't have much interest in Columbus and I know they're at home at a big number and I'm sure that this will be the, the underdog that ends up cashing. But uh, this is the one I, this is one I'll probably be sitting out. 
Yeah, me me too. And I think that um, we'll need to, um, Brian Elliott is going to get one of these two last games. So we'll need to keep an eye on which one he, he gets as well. Um, the game that he does get will probably be the game where Tampa Bay will be resting their guys too. One note I have, uh, this is their second game um, of, a, of a back-to-back against Columbus. Their previous game, it was... Um, it was played at a slower pace, even though the goals came early. In this one, if we do see Elliott, um, I would expect a looser game, um, and we will be downgrading Tampa Bay's goaltending. But, of course, it's not going to matter if they're sitting all their guys. So I probably, I'm with you, I won't have much much interest in this game unless if um, if John Cooper surprises me, which he's done quite often this year. Yeah, this is, uh, when I first looked at the slate, I was kind of just like discouraged i'm like this is going to be you know kind of ugly and there might not be that much to talk about and then the more and more i thought about it like the more game theory stuff you can kind of think about it's it's kind of fun to dissect this one um just given all the different scenarios and for this next one we're going to talk about washington they're minus 135 favorites taking on the new york islanders at ubs arena so the islanders are the home underdog here the over under is six alex ovechkin didn't play for the Capitals on Tuesday night in a loss against the Islanders. And Peter Laviolette, after the game, said if this was game one of the playoffs, he would not be playing. So that goes to show you, uh, I don't know why Laviolette said that. Uh, yeah. He, he, he kind of, you know, coaches are so cagey, at this, especially with players like Alex Ovechkin. Uh, and he came out and said, yeah, hey, no, he's, he's, he's hurt. Um, so that is concerning for Washington uh, going forward and then kind of makes you wonder what they're thinking. However, this game means a lot to them. They have two games left. They're trailing Pittsburgh who have one game left by one point. The loser of that little battle will end up playing Florida in round one and whatever. Like we'll talk about this a lot on our playoff episodes. These series are usually, you know, comes down to a lot of uh, randomness and luck or whatever, Uh, but you're going to want, you want to avoid playing Florida, but more importantly, you want to avoid having to play two series in that Atlantic division. You're going to have to play Florida and then the winner of Tampa Bay and Toronto, uh, in best of sevens. And I don't like Washington's chances to, to, to come out on top of that. So this game is important for Washington and the Islanders. This is their um, second to last game. Both of them will be at home. Like we said, they play the lightning the following night. So this is a tough one to call. And I think actually I would be closer to Washington if they were a little healthier. And if this number ticks down, so if we can get Washington as, you know, minus 125, so a 10 cent move, I, I, I'll be in on, on the caps, even without Ovechkin. This one's a little bit tough here. There is um there is motivation for the Caps here, like you said, and I don't know what the island what the Islanders' mindset would be, um in this game with a home game against Tampa Bay the next night. So, um again with this one, we'll know pretty quickly what the Islanders are thinking based on who's going to be um, starting in goal, um for this game. Um obviously if they should be splitting Varlamov and Sorokin and the game that Sorokin starts will be the game that is going to mean more to them. So um, I think that's something to keep in mind. Um, it's interesting you mentioned that Laviolette, I generally don't believe anything the coaches say at this time of year. And for him to come out and say that Ovechkin would not be ready for game one, it makes me think that he's full of it. So, <laughs> um, so, so we'll see. Um, and Ovechkin did travel with the team to, to New York as well. So, I don't really buy anything that that I'm being sold here on there, but I would wait for the goaltenders. And if it is Varlamov, then 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 I'll be joining you on the caps here. I'll do a quick drive around. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of uh, Russian uh, bathhouses on the southern shore of <laughs> Brooklyn, and uh, you know, so they're like you know an hour away from me right now, and I can see 
uh, if we can find Alex Ovechkin resting up, if him and you know maybe him and Evgeny Kuznetsov are are uh, getting in a schwitz before their game against the Islanders. Um, all right, let's talk about the Predators. They're in to the dance uh, somehow. They're in, but they are plus one ninety yeah, against wow. the Avalanche. <laughs> yeah, not not fun. Uh, they are the Avalanche minus two thirty five. They are still in the hunt for the President's Trophy, and the over under here is six and a half. And the Avalanche. Not only are they in the hunt for the president's trophy, but there was some, you know, kind of wobbles for them over the past fortnight. Uh, so not a game where I'm assuming that Colorado is just going to, yeah, sure. They might rest guys, but it's not the type of game where they're going to approach it like a preseason. They're, they're going to want to try to ramp up their effort. Uh, as, as you, as you've been saying for the past few episodes, like you, you, you don't want to back playoff teams that are just quote unquote, trying to flip a uh, switch when the game, when game one starts. And so Colorado needs to kind of work out its kinks they did do a good job of that against the blues the other night in, in a route. So uh, I'm expecting a similar thing here. So I, I I'm not going near the predators, especially with you Saros uh, leaving the game early the other night. So could be an abs like, you know, all puck line here. I'm with you here. Um, I, this could be a first round matchup as well. And if I am Colorado, I would prefer obviously the, mm-hmm. the predators over the stars. So that would make me motivated to try to win this game and try to knock the Preds down to the eighth seed. Um, beyond that, though, um, I think that, um, that that you touched on it, going into the playoffs in good form um, is important to the Avs based on what I've been reading from their camp. Um, the Preds um, also, they already have a leaky defense, even with Soros in there. So without him, if the total doesn't get out of hand, um, I would be looking at the over there especially under the assumption that I don't think Colorado is going to be taking their their foot off the gas for this game. Yeah, Saros will not play the last two regular season games. They, that they didn't really say much beyond that. If he's not in net for, for Nashville, if we're seeing big save Dave Riddick uh, yeah. in game one against what looks like it will be Colorado, considering uh, Dallas's schedule, remaining schedule is, is I think, Se- uh, Arizona than Seattle at home. I think that's correct. But even so, I think, this this we're looking at a this will be the first round matchup in all likelihood and Colorado against Dave Riddick boy uh, that's going to be an issue for the Preds a team that uh, neither one of us count ourselves as believers and before we get to our top shelf bets our favorite bets for Thursday April twenty eighth we need to wrap this section up with the Los Angeles Kings as plus one hundred five underdogs against your Vancouver Canucks officially eliminated minus one twenty five the over under here is six. You know, Vancouver basically knew they were out in that game against Seattle the other night, and they still put forth a good effort, 5-2 in front of Spencer Martin in goal. So uh, I, I think Vancouver is is pretty much in range here against a Kings team that has nothing to play for. Yeah, I think that the Canucks, they, um, everything from their camp, uh, they have been saying that they do want to end the season on a, on a good note. Um, they're also wearing their amazing black skate jerseys, so we're going to need to adjust for that as well. We will have to wait on who the Kings are sitting on the second leg of their back-to-back. Uh, Todd McClellan has stated that there will be lineup changes to rest guys before the playoffs. So just another example that the coach is basically telling you that they are going to be lineup changes. And when they say lineup changes, they mean that they're going to be sitting guys. So you already know that um, backing the Canucks early, you're, you, you will get that line value just based on the information of what of what the coach is telling you at this number uh, based on that. I do think that the Canucks are a little short um, and I will be on them. If 
I do get the right number um, once the market opens up. And on that somber note, we wave goodbye to the Vancouver Canucks and we move on to our favorite bets, top shelf bets for Thursday, April 28th. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. Uh, I'll start it off uh, in, in following the similar theme here. I like the Ottawa Senators as my favorite bet. The Senators have treated us awfully kindly this season, so it is only appropriate to finish out the regular season with them as my favorite bet on the show. They're plus 240 hosting the Florida Panthers who are minus 310 on the road. The over-under here is seven. Florida can win the president's trophy. It would be a pretty big deal for them considering uh, where their franchise was, not just, you know, just a few years ago. And this would be their best regular season, obviously ever. So I think they're, they are playing for that. Like this is important to them. However, uh, they'll get two cracks at it. So this could be some, some, you know, roster management from uh, Andrew Brunette and the coaching staff as they will need to also look ahead to the playoffs and, Obviously, the playoffs will outweigh whether or not they can wrap up the President's Trophy. And the Senators team, as we've touched on throughout the entirety of the show, uh, when when they get to a price like this, especially at home, they are always live, a team that punches up really well. And I think a team that will want to send a message. Uh, and, and we, you know, we do try not to get too far down narrative street with, with betting, but at this time of year, it's hard not to. And I, so I do think that Ottawa – we'll try to send a message to uh, the Atlantic division, the heavyweights in the division here that uh, they're not to be trifled with as we look ahead to next season. So I like the senators They're plus two forty, as we've talked about a really good underdog. And as I said, off the top of the show at this time of year, underdogs uh, have, have in this price range have really treated better as well. So I'll take the senators, a big price plus two forty is my favorite bet for April 28th. Anything for you for senators and Panthers. Similar to the Canucks, um, the Senators, they're not playing out the string. Um, everything from their camp um, there uh, shows that they they want to put forth the good efforts and they and and they are still playing hard. And we're seeing that with their recent results as well. Another game here where you're going to be wanted, um, you're going to want to be on top of the lineup information uh, based on the Panthers call ups on Wednesday. It does look like to me that they are getting ready to sit some regulars. One interesting quote, though, from Brunette was that the starter uh, for the final game will be determined by, quote, the importance of the last game. So this confirms to me that the President's Trophy is a motivating factor for the Panthers. And like you said, they do have two cracks at it. So they do have Montreal the next night as well, depending on what happens with Colorado. But um, Spencer Knight is is confirmed against Ottawa, and I actually do have him trending up. So I do like the sense, but I'm I'm cautious as well because um, I want to see what those call-ups were for and if they are replacing uh, the regulars who are going to be possibly sitting, then, then I will be jumping on the Senators with you as well. And now let's finish off the show with your favorite bet. It comes to us from the Wild hosting the Flames. Uh, this is a pick em, minus 110 either side. This game is in Minnesota. As I said, the over-under is six. Uh, you have a edge on Minnesota. Yeah, there's... Um... If you look at the at the motivation of like a team that has something to play for with against a team that possibly doesn't, the Wild they are trying to get home ice here, um, and the Flames they do have their division wrapped up. Now there is one interesting caveat about this game. Normally, I would say that the second best record in the conference is important for for home ice in a potential conference final if the Avs don't make it there. 
um, because Calgary just has a one-point lead over over the Wild right now. But according to Sutter, the Avs are the best team all time, and nobody should even bother showing up against them. In in all seriousness, though, we do have to check on the status of uh, Burgeon, Dumba, and Zuccarello. Um, if those guys are in, I will be on the Wild. Um, and everything coming out of their camp, there's, uh, there's a lot of concern with the way that they played last game against Arizona, as well as as well as thoughts of um, them reading their own press clippings and kind of getting too ahead of themselves. Usually for a team um, that has a coach like Dean Evison, you usually see a team like that um, put forth a better effort. And I think that um, this could be a game where Calgary rests some guys. I've I've been waiting for it, but that's not really in Sutter's MO. So um, either way, I think that the Wild are a little bit short um, and at home I will be I will be on them. Um, hopefully we get Flurry. Uh, Talbot will kind of will make me reassess the number, but if we get uh, Flurry, then I think the Wild are short. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think Minnesota in a in a spot where they certainly have much more to play for than than Calgary, despite what Daryl Sutter says, are, are well worth it. In, in in a game where yeah, Calgary's a better team, but uh, when you kind of factor in home ice advantage and, and and the motivational stuff, it's not that much of a difference. So. Uh, a coin flip game. I'll give the edge to Minnesota at this price. And on that note, we bid the regular season adieu. We get ready for the postseason coming up on Monday. And once again, we will restructure uh, our schedule. So we will be coming at you three times a week for the foreseeable future, starting Monday morning. And then we'll see you Wednesday morning and then again, Friday morning. So uh, we'll buckle up and get ready for the, for the big dance here in a couple of days and we thank everybody for listening to us thank you for the reviews the ratings uh etc talking to us on twitter we really appreciate it and we will see you all in the postseason